Welcome to Momentum Christian Ministries, PBI Podcast, your spiritual altitude for personal success. Pastor David Ings is teaching from the Word of God. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Jesus says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Let's love God with our minds now through the Holy Scripture. God bless you. This is Pastor Ings coming to you from Momentum Christian Ministries. Listen, I'd like to share with you our teaching series on Smarter Than Harder. Smarter Than Harder. This has been our theme for Momentum Christian Ministries. Every ministry has a theme for the trajectory of the year. Things that the ministry wants to focus on and the people of God should focus on. You know, every house is different. Um, it's God's word is the same. Our goal to live like Christ is the same. Our goal to witness to others is the same. You know, it's the same Bible. It's just that in different church houses, as you follow the ministry, there comes a, uh, a, a strategic message for the people who gathered together at that ministry. It's very common, um, and because of that, those who will follow a particular work and are submitted to a pastor and the hand of God upon that pastor and how he has directed the focus of the people on a particular passage of Scripture, and usually it's, it's because where the people are. If you have a house full of theologians, who've graduated from Bible school and and have their degrees in theology, well, naturally, the trajectory of that church would be a little different. Perhaps some of the things they would teach or focus on uh, may appear to be uh, above our heads or those who are not at that level in their biblical studies. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, however, Paul says in Timothy, he says that we ought to desire the sincere milk of the word that we might grow thereby. Okay, that's in Timothy. Um, Paul said that he was talking to Timothy and because Timothy was a young pastor. All right. And it's relevant to all of us, really. And that is that we should desire the sincere milk of the word, just like a baby when a baby is born. You give the baby milk. The baby's not ready for strong meat um, because they don't have any teeth yet. So when they finally do get teeth, you know, it's a process to get them eating solid foods. And and the other process is for their body to process those same foods. Well, we correlate that. It's similar as, as being a born-again believer. Regardless of how long you've been saved, there's there's some who are still very, uh, who are very small in their faith, very small in their understanding of the faith, and that's what this is all about. That's what Bible study is all about, um, because Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind." And a lot of times we've majored on the main, the, the first two, which is heart and soul. You know, we see a lot of heart and soul in services, the singing, the dancing, the 
clapping of hands, um, the uh, the accolades, even the uh, the songs that we sing, the 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 vehemence in our voice, heart and soul. But loving God with our minds now is giving some very strategic attention to Bible scripture and what Jesus is saying so that our minds can be transformed. We need to think differently, right? Because before we came to Christ, most of our thoughts and the way we think has been filtered through our life's experience. Filtered through our life's experience. It's kind of like um, the lenses. That's a better way to say it. Most of the way we perceive things in life have been have been filtered through the lenses of our life experience, if you can understand that. So smarter than harder, each church, as I stated, has a theme. Our theme here is, um, is that God would direct us to, to uh, multiply our time. Or to make the time that we that we have together in fellowship, the time we have together in prayer, um, that we will maximize those times and not waste time. All right, and that's really, really, really important. So, our opening scripture is in the, in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter five, and verses 15, 16, and seventeen. Ephesians chapter five. Verse 15, 16, and 17. And this is a, a King James Version that I'm reading. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. All right? In our commentary, we say one of the greatest rewards in the life of a believer is to experience the good hand of the Lord upon you as a result of being in the perfect will of God, doing what he likes and is asking for. Each iteration of being in the perfect will of God enhances our thoughts to be agreeable with him, thus producing more and more joy and happiness in our lives. It's a transformation from darkness to light. All right? When we mention those iterations, those are times, every time we come together, every time we fellowship, every time we pray, and every time we worship God together, what it does, it is, it is perfecting us. It's enhancing our thoughts to be agreeable with him. How many times have you disagreed with God? <laughs> we could... You know, the number, we can't even think of a number. Um, but we want to get to the point where you are not disagreeing with God. That doesn't mean you don't have your own thoughts, you don't have your own way of feeling. But if we are to uh, uh, to love God with our minds, if we are to be transformed, we we want to take on the mind of Christ, as the Scripture says in Philippians. It says we have the mind of Christ. So we have to get to a point where, where we stop disagreeing with the Bible, saying, 
well, I know the Bible says this, but I feel this way. Well, surely you're going to feel that way. That's very consistent with everyone in the earth. It's just that as we pursue God, by the help of the Holy Spirit, our minds become transformed. Here's one example. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for them who despitefully use you. He says, bless and curse not. Well, in our natural mind, we would never do something like that. As a matter of fact, uh, the average person would probably disagree with that. Pray for my enemies. What am I going to pray for them for? You know, they if first of all, they're enemies. And perhaps they've done something um, against me. And so here Jesus is saying, not only pray for them, but he says, love your enemies. How am I going to do that? Well, we can't do it of our own. We need the help from God to do that. And that help he offers through submitting ourselves to his word. Number one, we have to agree that God is right. If he says love your enemies, he's not saying put yourself in a position to be gullible or to be taken advantage of. All right, so just understand that. That's just one example of how when we come on God's terms, that's how we got saved. There's a lot of people in the earth who don't believe that they need a Savior. They feel like, you know, I was born and I'm a God myself and it's me, 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 and what I do is, you know, what I do to gain success in life. I go to school, get my education, I learn, and um, and it is it is me. It's all about me. There's no, you know, the atheists would think that way. All right? So the very fact that we confess Christ and accept him as Lord and Savior, we've come on his terms. But it, we don't stop there because now you've got 66 books in this Bible You've got instructions of righteousness, how we ought to live, how we ought to think. And it's much smarter to allow our minds to be transformed to the things of God so that we could prosper. A lot of times we don't prosper as well as we could because we're still disagreeing with God and his scriptures. And that's a, that's not a good place to be in. Um, again, it's, it reads here, each iteration of being in the perfect will of God enhances our thoughts to be agreeable with him, thus producing more and more joy and happiness. It's a transformation from darkness to light. And I apologize. This is coming straight out of the handout we gave out at the beginning of the year entitled Smarter Than Harder. And in parentheses, it says Increase Fellowship. Uh, 2017. All right. The next paragraph says the children of Israel journeyed 40 years in the wilderness for an 11 day journey because of because their unbelief. Unbelief produces procrastination. Procrastination produces missed opportunities and missed opportunities produce anxiety towards gaps to succeed in a, a thing. Now, what what do we mean here? Well, first of all, it was an 11-day journey for the children of Israel to come out of the wilderness into a desert. Why did it take 40 years? We can pause right there and say, why why has it taken us so so long after becoming coming to Christ? I'm not talking about before we were saved. Um, 
When we were in sin, we were sinners. That's what we did. We weren't thinking about the Bible, God, anything like that. But since we've come to the Lord, that day you confess. That day you made a vow. You said, Lord, you know, I won't turn back. You are my Lord and Savior. From that point on, how much doubt have we had? How much unbelief have we experienced? And the answer is a lot. And those areas of unbelief and doubts um, cause procrastination. They kind of slow the process down for us going to the next area of our lives. And there's a lot of things. We know it. We say it all the time. God has great things in store for us, and he does. But what often happens is our, our unbelief, as it states here, produces procrastination often. That means I would do something, but I'm still not sure. I still don't. Uh, I still don't really understand it, or 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 if I do understand what you're saying, I just don't agree with it. All right, that that's unbelief, and what it does, it, it produces procrastination, and procrastination produces missed opportunities. It's like a, 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 a accepting a job. If 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 a job offer is going to offer you a certain amount of money. And you say, well, uh, let me get back to you. And you wait a week. And, and a week later you call and say, well, I think, I'll, I, I, think I might want to take the job now. They say, well, we're giving the position to someone else. There was only a short window that they were going to wait for you. And sometimes opportunities in life are that way. You know, certain things are presented to us. Doors are open. And all the time they don't stay open, you know. Things happen. You know, people change. Companies close. Positions are given to other people. So you understand it. So as a result of unbelief, produces procrastination. Procrastination produces missed opportunities. And missed opportunities produces anxiety towards gaps to succeed in life or anything. And what, what we mean by that is, once we lived out um, most of our years, some people have anxiety attacks or anxiety about what they have not accomplished. They say, well, I'm, this, I'm 40 years old or I'm 30 years old or I'm 50 years old or maybe even older than that. And what do I have to show for it? You look back on your life and you say, well, I haven't had any children never been married, um, I don't have this and I don't have that. And so often, um, you know, perhaps there were opportunities where you could have got married or perhaps there were opportunities you could have did this, or that, or the other thing, but you missed those opportunities. Surely if, you've, if anyone has lived 40 to 30 years of their life, somebody presented themselves to them um, most commonly. But in either case, not only in, in relationship, but other opportunities have been presented. But because we miss them, and sometimes we forget why we miss them. As years go on, you can't even remember why, why, you, why you're not working at that place. You would have to really go back to find out what really happened. Where was your mind during that time when they offered you that position? Just using that as an example. But what happens in that, when there comes a time where we have anxiety about those things that we want to achieve, where you could have achieved them early, like going to school. People wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. 
and you miss those opportunities. Now, that's everything I just said there is in the natural. Now, let's look at this in the spiritual. When we procrastinate towards the things of God, what happens there, we begin to miss opportunities. We miss some blessedness, some things that God has for us. People do it all the time. One of the ways to miss opportunities is that when God has placed you in a certain parish or fellowship, and he said in Jeremiah, he said, I'll give you pastors after my own heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So what happens is if you don't remain in that relationship and you run out and, you know, just live life like everyone else, you're missing some, some opportunities. Because God wants to bless our lives, right? He said, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. So come closer to God. Come, Don't go away from him. He, now, some people don't see going to church and being in fellowship as drawing close to God. They think they could just do that at home. And, and surely you can do it at home. We all are supposed to have a personal fellowship at home. Personal devotion, rather. Should I say it like that? But you have these missed opportunities. So what happens is um, God's arms are wide open. He wants to bless. He wants to heal. There's a lot of healings that people miss because healing has to be taught like anything else. Some people don't believe they can ever get over a particular disease that they suffer from. But God is able. But that has to be taught. Some people think God put sicknesses on us to teach us a lesson. The Bible doesn't teach that. A lot of people may feel strongly about that. So, oh, yeah, I know God. You know, he put the sickness on. No, he did not. Jesus died on the cross. He's the healer. There's nowhere in the Bible you can find God being the, 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 the sickness giver. He died on the cross to heal, to save, heal, and to deliver. But we have to learn what those things are. Okay? So, I mean, uh, read the B portion of the second paragraph again. It says, unbelief produces procrastination. Procrastination produces missed opportunities, and missed opportunities produce anxiety towards gaps to succeed in a thing. All right? Now, another theme scripture I want to add to smarter than harder is Ecclesiastes 10 and 10. And this is the amplified version that I'm reading. It says, if the axe is dull and he does not sharp, sharpen the edge, then he must exert more strength. But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. I'm going to read that again. If the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. But wisdom to sharpen the edge helps him succeed with less effort. Smarter than harder is what we're saying. So what we want to learn as we proceed through these lessons, this is the first post podcast that I'm, I'm producing for Smarter Than Harder. There's a whole lot more coming. Um, so, this, we started this in the beginning of the year. I was teaching it at Old Pine on Sunday mornings. But now I'm starting to put these in podcast lessons as well so you can catch up and keep up 
Um, so when we come together, we, we, we know the talking points. We know the scriptures that we're using here. Today we use Ephesians 5, verses 16 through 17. And the, 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 the definition, the understanding we get out of those three scriptures is that it is smarter to know what the will of God is. And that will of God is made revealed to us by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is in our presence when we fellowship. We gain an understanding. God opens our eyes again and again and again and again. Um, and Ecclesiastes 10 and 10, and I read the Amplified Version, the definition we get from that scripture is, it is smarter to sharpen the edge of the axe. It is smarter to sharpen our, our minds, our intellect, in the, in the Word of God, so that the things that we do in the kingdom of God and the things that we do just in life in general, we, we, we don't have to exert as much effort when God is for us. The scripture said, if God is for us, he's more than the world against us. I would like to have that. Oh, as a matter of fact, if you're saved, this belongs to you. This belongs to us. You can say that right now, even in your prayer. God, I thank you that you are more than the world against me. If, if in fact, the whole world were against me, God is more than that. Glory to God. All right? We'll end off with Matthew 16, uh, Matthew 6.33. It says, uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are these things? These things are everything that we want everything that we think we need in life, whether it's going to college, whether it's having more children, whether it's getting married, whether it's, um, whether it's losing weight or gaining weight or whatever it is. It's just a, 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 a myriad of things that people desire and want in life. And so we busy ourselves to accomplish them. God says, hold up for a minute. I love you so much. I'm asking you to seek me first. And I'll give those things to you. In other words, as you begin to pursue them, you won't have to work as hard as if you were uh, welding a dull axe. I'll sharpen your axe. So when you go for that, rather than going for five job interviews, I'll make it so that you just go for one and get the job. Glory to God. If you want to lose weight, I'll make it so you won't even have to go through um, 12 different uh programs that won't work and then you finally end up with one that seems to whether it be Jenny Craig or whatever um, Weight Watcher I'm um, just using that as an example God says if you seek me first I will give you the wisdom and the and the wherewithal to just change your appetite you could start right there you'd be surprised how much can be achieved just by eating better God gives that wisdom out. You'll be doing some things that you say, where'd you get that from? I didn't even read it in the book. God inspired me to do it. Wouldn't it be smarter to do that? So that's our lesson for today. Smarter than harder. 
keep looking out for the podcast. Um, again, this is Pastor David Ings coming to you from Momentum Christian Ministries. Hey, let's end off in prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for those who uh, are would listen to this and who are um, subscribers to Momentum Christian Ministries and the PDI podcast. Um, God, we pray, Lord, that you would continue to give us an appetite for your word. God, we pray that you would continue to give us an appetite for growth in you. God, we pray, Lord, that you would continue to move away obstacles that would stand in our way from being a consistent recipient of your word, your spirit, and fellowship. God, we thank you for momentum, and we thank you, Lord, for even the body of believers who subscribe and support and would frequent the ministry. God, we just give you all the honor and glory and praise, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.